On this episode, I talked to a wonderful journalist and professor about the importance of journalism, media, and how social media has made an impact. We also go over tips on how small businesses can actually interact with journalists, so you don't want to miss this episode. All right, guys, let's dive right in. So I'm here with Jeff Rowe, a wonderful journalist and professor, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, kind of the journey of media from print to digital and kind of the patterns we're seeing. So what is kind of your, your first thoughts about journalism and um, and media overall and kind of what have you seen? And actually give a background about, you know, your your past. Uh, the two main things I think you need to know, I'm a University of Hawaii grad, uh, very proud of that. I'm an Air Force vet. Um, I've been in journalism for, you know, sort of all of my working life, but I also um, uh, teach high school and I'm an instructor at uh, Fullerton College in journalism and Cal State Fullerton. But this is the most revolutionary time in journalism since the advent of the printing press. Um, it's also the most critical time because if we don't figure this out, um, there's we will have lost a democracy. There's no such thing as a democracy that doesn't have a working uh, news media that is that is trusted and respected. Definitely. Um, and we were just pontificating a little bit about the importance of adapting and, and media outlets in adapting to the changes of where attention goes. Um, how do you think social media has affected journalism in particular? Um, good and bad and what are the some some things you would like to see personally social media has made the transmission certainly of news uh you know faster no make it that instantaneous uh on the other side the filters are all gone so that where we might deliberate sometimes maybe for days tweaking a piece that would go in the newspaper or online or it'd be broadcast uh now it's it's bam it's out there so the, our fellow citizens have to do all the sifting. Um, and it's why I think some of them, it explains, you know, why some of them think that uh, the, it's, it's, it all can't be trusted because, you know, so much of it comes from sources that are uh, not vetted in any way. Um, but it becomes then uh, part of what is accepted. Right. And let's talk a little bit about the, the vetting, you know, the importance of vetting. Um, because it seems like a lot of times today and in, in when it comes to media, and I don't want to say proper journalism, I'm just going to say media, people are, are trying to be first rather than true all the time mm-hmm. um, because it's it does move so fast. So can you just highlight kind of for people who maybe not who may not be journalists or may not have a communications background, understanding the importance of vetting and what is vetting exactly? We're checking your sources. Um, and making sure that they know what they're talking about or that the documents you've got uh, are are accurate and reflective of sort of the overall larger truth. That's kind of what we're trying to get at journalistically is um, what is the larger truth here? What's the best obtainable version of the truth I can get today? Because it evolves. We're going to get more information uh, on Thursday, for example, about the, um, the, the Mueller report, uh, but we won't get it all, so we'll get more on that. Uh, hopefully sort of in the in the weeks ahead um but making sure it, it is important to be first but it's more important to be accurate and to be um completely fair with what you've got an objective and that doesn't mean um that you get an extremist 
uh, to, and then say, oh, I balanced it because I got an extremist to speak to the other side. No, no, no. Uh, you have to get the same sort of reasoned explanation, reasoned analysis that you got uh, for perhaps the side that, um, you know, maybe whatever's being advocated in your piece. Um, I don't think in, in the, your, all the years when journalists, nobody ever came to me and said, well, I know where you were coming from because to me it was, and the place I worked, it was absolutely paramount to have an unbiased piece. This was the Orange County Register, Wall Street Journal, Associated Press, a couple of TV stations. Um, could never ever get away with uh, some of what passes for news now on, um, on websites um, that for some people, that is their version of the truth. Speaking of unbiased pieces, some of the most unbiased pieces I've seen are actually people telling their own stories. Um, for example, a business telling their founding story. To me, you can't really have an opinion about how they started. Maybe they can lie about how they started, mm. but ultimately, the only people who know really how they started, um, especially if it's like a small business that wasn't you know, majorly documented, is them. So how would um, a small business reach out to a reporter or talk to a reporter about their business and trying to get or or how do you find out if you want to if a reporter is interested in your in telling your story how do you kind of figure that out um uh, well I, first of all I, I do think every business has a story um in in my own sort of experience 90 plus percent of them did have a story worth telling did have lessons sort of worth sharing and didn't know what they were what they thought was a story was maybe, well, we'll have a grand reopening and we'll, and we'll cut a ribbon. Well, no, no, no. That's a video cliche that, that uh, it was okay maybe the first time 100 years ago, but not any longer. Uh, so, but, I, but most businesses, at least the hundreds, thousands, I guess, that I've dealt with over the years, didn't know what they had. Right. They didn't know that um, they had uh, this cool story because of the way that the business evolved or that they had this person working who had you know a, a fascinating sort of personal tale so there's many many sort of ways into uh, a story about sort of business X other than just here we are doing cool things right what do you think is probably the most uh, frustrating or disappointing maybe these are too strong of words but things that made you say hmm I wish they only knew this I wish I could tell everybody this when I try to approach a journalist about some a story well, I think everybody who's been the subject of something uh, finds something that they would have done differently, <laughs> maybe, uh, and that's perhaps human nature. But as long as it's sort of factually correct, um, and then I'm basically sort of okay with it. But even so, it depends, uh, have you made it sort of balanced? In other words, if you picked one thing out of someone's life uh, that they shoplifted when they were 15, and use that to sort of portray them as a thief that that's that's dishonest to do right. that um so it's it's making sure that you have a, a, a balanced and fair portrait of something and it's hard uh i can i i could tell you about things that i left out for example of stories because i thought that it would it would skew the overall portrait of this person particularly if, if they're dead right wow wow what do you think the uh, duty of media is to democracy? Um, what is what is media's responsibility to the uh, maintenance, continuation, uh, growth of democracy? There's a quote from a CNN guy from years ago that I liked, and he said that our, our job is to make the sometimes 
I'm paraphrasing here, that some, to make these sometimes uh, boring but important issues interesting. Right. Uh, and so the, the, the more oh, perhaps um, mundane maybe a piece is or the subject matter is, it's up to us to figure out a way to make that interesting and sort of re relevant. But, but certainly one of the huge, huge frustrations, and, and I don't know that anybody in journalism has the answer to this, is the percentage of the folks who let it all sail by them. Um, they deal with maybe what's interesting or relevant in their own lives, uh, but they're not what I sort of call active citizens who, who realize that I have an obligation as a, as, as a citizen and also have an opportunity to sort of influence things for my children. Right. Wow. So it's really interesting because media not only influences democracy, but it also influences the economy. Because for a long time, um, brands that were that were shared in the media, people knew more about. It's it's even if it's just a story that's completely unrelated to their product, that was brand awareness to the population. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's really important that we just recognize not only the beauty and value of media, but the dangers in not doing it correctly. Right. And sometimes the noise can get so loud that it's hard to sort of resist and kind of go the other way. I think, for example, going way back now, um, when it, to the birth of uh, digital video recorders for home use. So there was um, the VHS uh, system and then there was um, beta, not the same beta that's used in professional television, but it was a superior technology. Uh, but because it marketed itself better, uh, VHS ended up be becoming the prevailing uh, technology that was used for all those years until you know, it abruptly died in the birth of the uh, DVD era. Um, I think also back to sort of, uh, Facebook and uh, MySpace. You know, back when they were both started, MySpace was thought to be kind of an equal. Uh, and it was, it was valuable enough to Rupert Murdoch that he paid, I want to say it was a billion, but it might have been more. Uh, for and it was an astronomical amount of money, and um, he sold it off. I think at some point for um, a pittance, uh, and I can't remember the last time I saw anybody's MySpace URL. Wow, wow. So I'm just thinking, right, about the history of. So we just talked about how it's not um, that right now. We think it's important to be first rather than truthful sometimes mm -hmm. and, and that it seems like we're skewing slightly towards that direction unfortunately and you don't have to name any names but in history how did you see I know you've probably seen some some outlets do this before don't name the outlet mm -hmm. um, but kind of what was the long term repercussions of being forced for the but not being necessarily truthful and the reason I'm asking this question is because I feel like there's lessons in history and I think that maybe right now a lot of people are doing this but if they understand that the long-term repercussions may look like something like x they may lean towards being truthful rather than first being first is important and competitively you, we like to do that um, but being accurate is a whole lot more important I'll just give you a small sort of example years ago a station we were working with uh, had a story about this, this whole gun catch uh, that was found in the Cleveland National Forest. They were buried. All these uh, rifles and other weapons, they were buried. Well, what the reporter did, uh, understandably, he calls the FBI and says, um, are you working on this? Well, the FBI doesn't comment on cases that it's working on. So it said, we don't comment. So the reporter has in his story uh, that the FBI declined to comment. Well, what do most people think when they hear decline to comment? They think they know more than they're telling. 
I thought, no, no, we got to do better than that because putting that in play was significant. It meant that it was a larger, potentially larger problem uh, than it was. So I knew someone at the uh, FBI well enough in the in the Orange County Bureau to call him up and say, hey, this is this is Jeff Rowe. Here's the story we're working on for the print edition now. I don't want to be able to. I don't want to raise this issue if it's if it's not a case you're working on. And he said that would be the correct thing to do. So we did not raise that issue in there. So it turned out it was some nut, you know, who had buried all these, uh, you know, a whole carton of, of weapons years ago, forgot about them or whatever. But in in going the other way and elevating it to an FBI case by mentioning that, and it was true, they did say that, but it wasn't it wasn't the best obtainable version of the truth. Right. The best obtainable version of the truth was that they weren't looking into that case. And did it raise any type of hysteria or concern, public concern, because they thought the FBI was dealing with this huge case or was it a, bit, a blown out issue or did it just kind of... It just it, it just ended up uh, dying because in the in the the uh, the course of uh, sort of the day's uh, sort of news, nobody got particularly uh, excited about... Um, a, a carton of weapons buried in the Cleveland right. National Forest. It was interesting, <laughs> but but again, that was a small one. But in in bigger stories, um, I, I think there's the obligation to 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 go f go a little further. Um, okay, and you, because we know we know that the FBI won't comment one way or the other. So in my view, it's unfair to say they wouldn't comment on it, particularly when I can kind of back channel it and say, is this something you're looking at or not? All right. So for the we know that a lot of people are taking the digital route. They're not taking a traditional route to communication and, and producing this content. Um, for the future thought leaders or the digital, um, I would call them, I don't want to call them digital journalists, but the people who are putting this content out already. What tips, advice would you give them to say, hey, put your content out, go ahead, but keep in mind these few things and, and, and at minimum be disciplined uh, to be faithful you know to the truth ultimately um, that is going to carry the day or if it doesn't we're in trouble as a country as a democracy um, it is more important to be accurate than it, than it is to be first although it can be painful you know when you get uh, say beaten uh, in, when you're not first to the finish on a, on a story but it's more important uh, to be to correct, to give people information. The thesis of journalism, I think, is unchanged since at least Lincoln's time when he said, uh, give the people the facts and the nation will be safe. And what he meant was uh, that the American people would make the right decisions given the right, given the a basket of facts to act upon. But if we don't give them uh, a basket of facts so they can make a correct decision, um, if we give them a dose of hysteria followed by um, an example uh, from uh, gossip that's trending somewhere and so we can yes we can truthfully say that buzzing on social media now is this but if there's no basis in fact for that um, I think we're, we're doing a disservice uh, to our fellow citizens you know by elevating that because that then takes on then a level um, of credibility with some people that well it, it was it was trending on social media and it was mentioned on this station or this news site must be true particularly right. if it aligns with what I already believe Wow and then you have extremists and mass misinformation um, who, who go on which is why some people today you know still believe 
that even though President uh, Bush at the time, uh, you know, President Bush the Younger said uh, that Iraq didn't have any nuclear weapons, didn't have uh, any uh, biological weapons, uh, hadn't developed, you know, any um, uh, other weapons of, of mass destruction, which was the premise that we invaded uh, there, uh, some people still believe that they did, uh, because that's uh, convenient for them to, uh, to believe that. I think I and everybody else will end up getting the emails, and you can see where they've come from, and they will assert um, some, a set sometimes of uh, outrageous claims. And if you run them through fact checkers, uh, like, well, like factcheck.org, uh, Politico, I think, has one, and what's the other one that's eluding me at the moment? But anyway, uh, you can fairly quickly find out if they're true or not. But you can't send it back upstream to get to all the people who've already forwarded it all over the place. Wow. And they accept it um, as, um, as, as being true. Summary, truth matters, honesty matters, and journalism matters. It does. Um, if we're going to survive um, as a as a free people, um, we have to make that an investment in our in our nation. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jeff. I I know I stopped you in the middle of your day <laughs> um, to have this conversation. Um, I think it was really important, though, because we we actually pontificate on this exact um, subject a lot. Um, but I think it's time for us to finally share our knowledge, my marketing background, and your background in journalism and education. Um, to kind of put some things together. It was an honor to be here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got something out of the episode today. I would love if you could go and follow me on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. We are on all platforms. Also visit our blog, boxpotbranding.com slash blog. It is a great place for small business owners to find resources and information to really move your business forward. Thank you and have a wonderful day. We are cheering you on.